This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. As you all know, I had my first baby back in February. Jonathan is an absolute joy, and it took a conscious commitment to spiritual growth to help me get past fears that were holding me back from starting a family. This is part of a series of episodes focused on what is possible in pregnancy, birth, and having a family. Whether you're thinking of having a family, have written it off for a variety of reasons, wanting to delay it, or you have your own worries about it, you'll learn about tools and techniques you can use, how to overcome fear, and what it takes for you to embrace your own circumstances, whatever they may be. Have you ever thought about biting into a lemon and then you instantly grimace and pucker up as if you've actually done so? Our minds can be very powerful. Meet Claudia Raikin. She's a doula, body worker, and practitioner and trainer of dream birth imagery. She's assisted with over 285 births and holds a master's from NYU in kinesiology and dance. You'll hear how she helps women use the power of visualization and their intuition on all aspects of their birth journey, from connecting with the soul of their child before they're conceived, to dealing with the pain of labor, to helping them have closure after a miscarriage or abortion. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Claudia, it is such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you for coming in. I am delighted. So go ahead and ask me whatever ask you away. most wish. <laughs> so when, when I was pregnant, this is sort of context for you, I was very much into looking for positive stories of, of pregnancy, of birth, because I, from every direction, whether it's the media or family or random strangers on the subway who want to tell me their entire birth story, a lot of it made me worry. <laughs> and so I wanted to know, let's start off with, you know, as, as a doula who has seen, you know, so many, so many births, tell us about what, what this journey has been like for you. Um, first, I'm going to comment on the stories that everybody gives you, because I often have women coming to see me. They see me weekly if they hire me as a doula, and I teach them dream birth and even do some craniosacral work. But they come crying. I heard blah, 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 blah. And it's, I literally tell them, sweep it away, sweep it away, because um, they're there is so much out there that makes birth scary or unknown. We, it's not like in the very olden days where you were 
in quite intimate contact with it. People in right. your house would be having babies. This journey for me has been very, very interesting because I myself did not give birth. I have two adopted daughters, from actually from China, and they're now 22 and 20. But I'll tell you exactly how I got into this. Um, I was a body worker, a craniosacral uh, therapy and Alexander technique. And I began to see a psychic who then became a good friend of mine. And um, one time while she was, I was having a session, they said, you need to work with pregnant women or young mothers, meaning people who had just had babies. And I literally fought. I said, why? Why me? I'm, <laughs> I haven't had a baby. Why? And they said, you have something uh, very important to offer. And I, um, it, 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 in the end, now I do. I hadn't met Catherine Shaneberg, who is the actual creator of Dream Birth, but she created it with input from doulas and childbirth workers who would tell her this happens and this happens. What would we do in this situation? And I remember um, getting in my head that I should become a doula. It just was percolating. Um, so after you fought it, let's t step step back a little bit because sure. I find this really interesting when when a psychic or someone tells you something and it just triggers you. And you're like, no, 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 that's, that's not the direction I want to go in. Yeah. And then... Well, what, actually, what, uh, two yeah. uh, yes, I did skip a very important step. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reminding me. I had, um, I live in a Queens in a garden apartment, so you kind of see your neighbor sometimes through the shared gardens. And there was a woman who had a backache. We knew each other. I see her planting all the time. And I said, I can help this. Let me come and give you a, a craniosacral session. So we did. And she tells me about her daughter, who is a doula. And I go, what is a doula? And she says, oh, it's someone who um, helps people while helps the woman during birth and while they're pregnant. And, and I laugh and say, wow, um, we could be good for each other's business. Because I'm thinking, I need to get together mm -hmm. with pregnant women, and what I do is very helpful. And, but I said it as a joke. And um, as soon as I finished the session, she was feeling better. It, that evening, I go, that's interesting. That's, I, I decide to meet them. And I meet these two lovely women, and they're very impressed with what I do. Oh, this is going to help people. The body work is wonderful. And... I'm thinking this is when I go, I, I should train as a doula to really learn about pregnancy. And I say to them, um, maybe I should train. I go, oh, no, no, just read a lot of books. You don't need to train to learn about pregnancy. But that thought kept mm. circulating. And I talked to my friend who's a psychic, but not in psychic mode. She's just being my friend at that mm -hmm. point. And I say to her, I, I, I'm getting the idea that I should train to be a doula. She says, no, 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 that's your competition. No, 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 you need to know, get to know midwives, not doulas. Mm -hmm. But the thought would not go away. And I said to her a few days later, I said, let's do a real session. I'll pay you. 
let's, I want you in psychic mode. And as soon as we got in psychic mode, she, they, because I always felt like I was being talked to by Patricia's people. Right. You know, that it was it a, wasn't her. It was a yeah. we. Yeah. And, and, and they would say we. Yeah. And uh, it, um, we think it's a wonderful idea to become a doula. Hmm. And so I... I did take the. I found a training that was coming up that was near enough to where I lived. And what was interesting, I still thought I can't be a doula. I haven't had a baby, you know. This, but I want to learn. So I go, and as I'm looking at people around me, there's plenty of twenty-year-olds, twenty-five-year-olds that definitely did not have babies. And then I'm thinking, well. There's also men who are obstetricians who will never have a baby. <laughs> so my mind starts to go well. And as they're telling us about the um, the qualities that a good do that you need to have as a doula is you need to be compassionate, you need to be curious, you need to be not not non-judgmental. And I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, I have, I'm all those things. And then what I really saw is how much body knowledge I had from the body work. Mm-hmm. They're kind of showing us where to put your hands to make a woman feel better. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can, I know 10 times more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know everything about touch. I mean, that's what I studied for many years. So, um, and... And one of the women that I had studied Alexander Technique with had been a doula and was a childbirth educator. And she said, I'll be your mentor. Come to my class, do a few women for free so that you get um, experience. And that's exactly what happened. And I, she was wonderful. I could call her. She said, you could call me any time, day or night. And after the first birth, I told her exactly what I did. And she said, you're freaky. She said, you did everything that Mm. I would have done. I don't know how you knew how to do everything. And I, I literally felt like, like a duck takes to water. Like, why didn't I know? Why didn't, why hadn't someone given me water? It was, it was so easy. It felt like it put together all of my skill set. Um, and then shortly after that, I, uh, oh, she mentioned in the training that imagery would help. And I had started to fool around with imagery in my Alexander Technique training. I would imagine my arms getting as uh, stretching the whole length of the earth. I would fool around with images and I would see how much they would affect my body. And I went like, oh, I'm sure imagery will really help. And, and what what happened when you visualized your arms? Oh, of? okay. Well, actually, everyone should try that a little bit. Um, if in Alexander technique, you have to, you're trying to have a broad back, but without the that. military look. <laughs> so, no, I'll, I'll give you better <laughs> images than that. But it, when I would imagine my arms stretching from one end of the earth to the other, and you can do that if you want with your eyes open or closed, 
they have to be light, right? So they stretch, 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 stretch. What I would find is that my back would widen, mm. which is one of the things you want to happen with Alexander technique. But more I got like, well, imagery really does affect the body. It would will might very well help in, in labor. There was only one teeny little book, I think called Mind Over Labor. I, I'm not even remembering the author. It's a teeny, teeny book. And I wanted more. I went to the teacher. She said, well, I don't really know anything other than this book. I've never done it. Uh, and about, oh my goodness, a month later or less, I decided to take a craniosacral workshop and one of the assistants comes to me during the break, and this was before websites, and says, I think you might be interested in this, and hands me um, the curriculum of the School of Images. And my eyes went wide. I go, a whole school about how to, with imagery. And so I, I... I think I would be really into that. I think you would. I think you might have to learn dream birth. So I, I go. I call up the woman, Catherine Shaneberg, who's the founder director of the School of Images, and I make a private session with her, and I ask her if she can teach me imagery for pregnancy and childbirth. And she looks at me, smiles broadly, and says, I can teach you imagery about anything. And so in any case, at first I had, we couldn't organize a class. She said, I'm much better when I have a class. Mm -hmm. um, first eight months, I think I just worked alone with her because I didn't care. I was going to get this information. And then a class formed, and we worked for seven years, seven of us, mm -hmm would take off for the summers every Wednesday, uh, except for the summers, and a whole body of work was developed. I mean, now there's a book, it's called Dream Birth, but I would say at this point, I'm probably the world's expert in using it, mm -hmm. because I started to use it right away before it had a name, before it was, you know, way before there was a book. And, um, and now I also train other people, not just doulas, because the work encompasses everything about a human being. Imagery is not only the language of the body, but it's how people like yourself sometimes hear um, hear wisdom voices from, I'm going to say the other side of the veil, we can call it anything, but it's um, imagery is the way you can talk to the babies. Imagery is the way you can talk to people who have left. So it's... Um, It's one of the ways our wisdom talks to us. Not the only way. You sometimes have a kinesthetic feel. I know that feels right. Um, or some people, one woman that studied Alexander Technique would get a sound to release a, um, a muscle. So it's not mm -hmm. just visual, but it's really one of the ways that we... Um, we get information from that part of us that is in touch with something much larger, that 
in Western culture, it has been poo-pooed and not talked about, not taught about. But I think many thousands of years ago, or in some cultures, you get your right brain and your left brain to work together. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it, you will be much smarter, much wiser. So you don't give up your logic, you don't give up your thinking straight, but you allow your other knowing to filter in. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Hi guys, Julie here. This episode is sponsored by Lisa Wolfson, who's a medical Reiki master, teacher, and birth doula. You may remember her from episode 68, where we talk at length about how she was an important part of my labor and delivery for our son, Jonathan. She's such a loving person. She gave us a sense of peace during this experience, and I highly recommend her. She's also a crystal healer and a transitional doula. So if you want to learn more and work with her, just contact her at reikiwithlwolfson at gmail.com. And this is awesome. She's offering 20% off for her services and trainings. All you have to do is mention all possibilities. And again, that email address is reikiwithlwolfson at gmail.com. That's R-E-I-K-I-W-I-T-H-L. W-O-L-F-S-O-N at gmail.com. I'm so excited to announce that on Wednesday, August 8th at 6 p.m. in New York City, we're putting on a live audience recording of the All Possibilities podcast with special guest Amy Rupp, a renowned acupuncturist, herbalist, and women's health and wellness expert. She's been endorsed by the likes of Deepak Chopra and Ariana Huffington. Come join the experience and be a part of the conversation. We'll be talking about how your beliefs impact your health, how to deal with autoimmune issues, and her lessons learned from helping women get pregnant and be healthy. Again, that's August 8th, 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. in New York City. Visit allpossibilitiesshow.com for more information. Again, that's allpossibilitiesshow.com. And for being our amazing fans, use the code PODCAST21, that's PODCAST21, to get $5 off your ticket. Tickets run from $15 to $20, so make sure you get yours now. I'm so excited to meet you in person on August 8th. It's going to be amazing, and I've got some special things in store for you. Until then, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Claudia, can we take a step back a little more? I know in my heart and in my own experience, images are incredibly important. I daydream all the time, and then I find out that it somehow helps me manifest whatever it is that I'm focusing on. Mm-hmm. What is your understanding of how this imagery works? Like, why is it that when we think about, you know, um, let's say, giving birth in a certain way, 
it may help us to actually experience it. Okay, that's a great, great question. Dream birth in a funny way condenses. It, it, it helps you form good images, although it's such a... Because this type of imagery, it, it comes from, it's called sapphire imagery, it also dips into your own knowing. It, it, it's left a little bit open-ended. But your question is broader. And um, we all, if you pay attention to your thoughts and what you focus on, you see that... Um, it, what you're afraid of tends to manifest, what you're really excited about tends to manifest, but it's a hophodge unless you um, focus your consciousness. It's consciousness. Uh, one of the ways to manifest consciousness is through images. We, we all, you know, but it's really consciousness that is. Um, an incredible, powerful force. And we tend to uh, never be taught about it. We don't harness our minds. We, it's, it's, it, we'll pick up whatever was given to us by our families, by TV, by the culture, by your friends, mm -hmm. and by your own thoughts. So if there's rarely um, a, a pure you know, like an arrow. Mm -hmm. And so... It's kind of like teachers when you're in grade school, they say, focus. But no one actually tells you what in the world that means it, and it, how you can do it. Exactly. And so from... Let me Go see ahead, if yeah. this is yeah. how, how you're seeing it, but images is one way to focus among many other different ways Abs to abso focus absolutely. our consciousness absolutely. or our intention on something. Yes, and the imagery exercises, first of all, they're short, they're fun, and they are poetic. This is something really interesting about imagery. In all the research that has been done, and the, compared to other things, there isn't tons, although there is more and more, Images that are more imaginative and dreamlike are more effective. Mm. So, I think that our mind likes it more. You, you, you. Uh, I think there's an even uh, better explanation. Um, okay, L I'm going to just give you an example. So simple. Um, you imagine that you're going to raise your arms up, 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 all the way up to the sun. So your hands can be warm and turn to light and are transparent. And bring them down and put them inside your body at your hip level. and Feel, sense, see what that feels like. All right. That's not exactly realistic, right? Even though it's at its most simplest form, you stretch your arm up to the sky, but already that gets you into a little bit of your dream brain, your right brain. And when you let your, that's what's very effective 
effective. I find that when I do the exercises for with people, I really um, ask them how it feels in their body. Because the more you sense it in your body, the more effective the exercise will be. Now, of course, there's exercises that are to make put the baby in the right position, uh, to help the baby go down and out. Um, but the more, to me, exciting exercises are those when you're talking to the baby, when you become so imaginative that um, your own... Um, beauty kind of pops out at you and and people are a little bit stunned. There's a very wonderful exercise that's completely imaginative. You um which which is to communicate with the baby. But I let me see if I uh, remember the script. It, but it it's um you connect with your own star, right? You feel uh the starlight from your own star. And first you begin with, of course, a star-filled sky. You try to get the person into their senses, mm. right? They're looking at a very beautiful uh, starlit sky, and then they feel their own star, and then they use that ray and they jump to their star. I'm telling you the story sort of condensed, but the, mm. the real exercise is you're letting a person immerse themselves as if it were a real experience. Mm -hmm. And then they come down and they gather all the stars. They make uh, like a spiral of it. They go, they jump, dance down every one of those stars until you get to the very center, what's in the center. So uh, People will see different things. Almost everyone that's pregnant will see their baby. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting to me is many people see their baby, and later when their baby is born, they go, oh, my God, it looks just, baby looks just the way I saw the baby. Some people may see a book they're writing, or they may see themselves hugging their husband. You can see anything. Mm -hmm. But that is your own... Um, Your own dreaming self is not, um, has, it's not, oh, I'll show you anything. It's always bringing you to your higher happiness. Always. Dreams, even nightmares, are saying, you need to look at this because look at this worldview you have. It's not exactly how it is. You know, and they'll right. exaggerate it. So it's really your dreaming self is your knowing self. It's benevolent. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's not um, topsy-turvy, oh, I'll show you this. It, it's whatever you see is meaningful. And so what I love about this particular type of work is that it helps give you a good script, but it also lets you see what's inside that's quite gorgeous, and it helps you clean up ideas don't don't help you. Oh, I'll never do that. Everyone in my family, everyone has small hips. No one can birth. I'm telling you, it's been painful for everyone. Mm -hmm. Or um, it, whatever it is that you absorbed 
through the dream field. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's and it could be very, very old in your family. You know, so it, with this type of imagery, you you respond to the to what comes up. So if it's something you need to clean up, you might have all the rains of the universe come and wash it off. You can take a broom and wash it off, or you can uh, cut cords to where this comes from, or you can give back the words to the person. There's many ways to deal with it imaginatively that satisfy our psyches mm-hmm. more than just words. I, I'll give a very interesting example about this. We have an exercise for pain, right? And um, in essence, you um, you visualize your uh, nervous system in light, a little bit like an upside-down tree. So the roots are going up to the sky and the branches, it's your nervous system, and you tie pink ribbons very tightly around your whole um, pelvic area so that none of the messages of pain can rise up to your brain. Mm-hmm. And my teacher said to us, I use this at the dentist office all the time. All right. Fast forward. I'm trying to c- c- come up with an easier exercise for women because I go like, man, that's a lot of nerves, you know. <laughs> and um, and so I imagine people drinking sunlight oil, it becoming like an epidural. I mimic yeah. the epidural. And it, it coats all of your nerve endings so they can't feel the pain. Fine and good. Uh, some women love that. I'm at a dentist and um, the Novocaine was wearing off and the dentist says, listen, you have about 10 minutes worth of work. Can you, I don't want to give you shots because then for three hours, can you stand it? And I'm like, okay, okay. Use the pink. I, I, I drink the sunlight oil. <laughs> My body doesn't believe me. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I needed to tie the ribbons in my imagination tight. Then my body believed me. Now, it may have been just me. Do you know what I mean? Because right. some women love the other. I had a woman um, who trained with me in dream birth and got uh, had her childbirth, <laughs> which she did because it was too many uh, individual ones. She took... Um, she divided all her uh, like nerve uh, nerve endings into three branches and got giant ribbons and tied as tight as she could just three of them and I she says that, that really helped. she really um, helped uh, it really helped the pain so it is um, I don't know why it works, but it works. It is now, uh, I think, uh, Jean Actenberg, Ashenberg, in the 80s, wrote a lot about imagery and people curing themselves with cancer. And she found that each person made up their own imagery, but she's the one that discovered the more imaginative seems to work the best. But, um, okay. This is, I'm talking about the body and the the interaction between imagery and the body. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cancer of the uterine lining, uh, 2006, actually. It gave me my, 
I was telling Julie way before this interview that it gave me my PhD in imagery because all of a sudden I had to really use the imagery for me. And one of the things that I imagined is not only am I in a garden when the operation is happening, but the doctors are in light, they have instruments of light, and I put in something from a separate exercise. I um, There was an angel there who, when the doctor took out my parts that needed to be taken out, uh, the angel took them, made them perfect and full of light, and put them back in my body. Okay. Fast forward. First of all, my body, I never mourned. I, I didn't feel like I lost anything. I talked to a few people who had had the same operation, and they said to me, how did you deal with those months of pure weeping that I, I, that we'd lost a part? And I had to reflect. I had never felt that way. Whenever I looked inside, I would see ovaries made out of light and perfect. It was like the most alive part of me. Um, Fast forward, I'm doing another craniosacral workshop where we're learning how to palpate all the different organs, and it comes time to palpate the ovaries. Now, I didn't have ovaries, so I'm telling the person who's working on me, just you should know, I had an operation and I don't have them. He says, well, let me see what I feel anyway, because the teacher describes where you should put your hands, how your hands will feel the the rhythm, how to encourage the best rhythm, blah, blah, blah. And so he says to me, you're, I am feeling exactly what the teacher is describing. You're your non-ovaries are moving exactly like they should be. Hmm. And I said, well, that's interesting. And so I told them that when I'd had my operation, I had, uh, I had, my ovaries had been replaced by ovaries of light. All right. And so he kept working, but he said they're doing exactly what they should be doing. Then we had to work on another person. You had to palpate at least two different people's organs so you could feel the different you know different rhythms and he came back to me and he said i have to tell you your ovaries of light were much stronger and vibrant than the other person's real ovaries so i don't know that to me was just a jolt. I don't know why, but if I go in and look in my inner eyes, that it is still the most brilliant part of me. Mm. I, I, my teacher would say we, and lots of people say we're we're basically energetic beings, right? We're, however you want to imagine that. Even if you go very scientifically, just imagine your not just your cells, your molecules. I mean, there's so much more space. It, it, it's like a universe in there. If you just look at your molecules and everything whizzing around, it's it's like the stars, right? It's even more dynamic and intense and large. And so, um, and this is not science. This is purely experiential. I am convinced that everything has a consciousness. Every cell in your body, 
every molecule, even the molecules of that table in front of us, I know you're going to laugh, has a consciousness. I don't know how or why, but Mm -hmm. things, um, or I don't know if they just um, absorb the energy and thoughts around them, but everything works better if you address it like it has a consciousness and you treat it like every consciousness likes to be treated with respect <laughs> with you know i mean there there's psychics that go into a room and give thanks to the space you know there's also i'm sure everything is more alive than we have ever taught than we ever realize mm-hmm. and this all began about imagery, but I'm not sure how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> We've just zoomed out. Yes. To, Hello, everyone. To the universe. <laughs> it's like the micro and the macro yeah. all expanding. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the cancer is A cancer gone. is completely free. I also did imagery for the cancer, but um, I, with this dream birth, you can do it without dream birth. You can talk. I could talk to my parents who were dead because one of the things my body said to me or somebody said to me inside me, we can't cure you without giving up guilt. And so I had to work on lots of guilt issues. And that also I have to tell for anyone wanting to get pregnant or being pregnant, guilt is this pervasive, breathes in and out of your system that doesn't let good things happen sometimes, either because you think you don't deserve, because you're guilty, or, you know, so that in will also interfere as well as stories, even if they haven't been told about your family, that your, your knowingness absorbs. So, Imagery is helpful that we had started with that to clean all that up, to change it, to transform it. Mm-hmm. You can um, you can pretend to go into your house of your ancestors, open up your chest of beliefs. I okay, I did that for my cancer. I, I um, because what really scared me was that my mother had died at the age I was getting cancer, so had her mother. Mm -hmm. And I went to see somebody who was a bit psychic who said, oh my goodness, long, long line of women died at, I was 57. And I went, what did I agree to? No, 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 I changed my mind. I I don't, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, I don't want this. I had two little girls, eight and 10, who had already been abandoned once. I went over my dead body and my abandoning them again. And so I I went into, I would just see myself tearing up contracts. I went, mm. I, no, 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 no. I changed my mind. Mm. I, I burn you. I tear you. No more. I, I, and, but something, and I think everybody knows this in general, it's, you don't just get rid of something, you replace it with something. Because else the mind keeps going there, right? It's how our minds work. So talking about focus, you can't not do something. Then you just keep thinking about the not. So you, you, when you um, 
There's an exercise we have and one that I also tweaked. You get rid of the um, the the things you don't want that you agreed to, and you give yourself another agreement that you will live for. You replace. You transform. Mm. Right? It's just... Um, it's hard not to do something. D- d- don't... Um, yeah, D- don't trip, don't trip, as opposed to, okay, walk smoothly, right? It's much easier to know what to do. It's, it's how we work. Coming up, you'll hear some amazing stories of women who have connected with their baby before they were born and also even after a miscarriage. Are you thinking of starting a family or know someone who is? Maybe you or your significant other are already pregnant and have a lot on your mind. My mission is to empower people to know all possibilities in every part of their lives. And family life is an important part of it. If you feel this may be a helpful resource or perspective for your friends and family, please share this series with them. You never know what kind of confidence, positive outlook, and sense of peace it may bring. Thank you for sharing all possibilities with others. Claudia, so it seems like this dream birth imagery can be used for any part of the pregnancy and the birth. It's uh, You talked about pain. Um, you talked about connecting with the, the baby Um I guess his his or her yes, or whatever yes, right, soul right, right, exactly. Um, can you share with us some some of your more surprising or favorite stories of people you've worked with who have used imagery for some amazing, fantastic conclusion? Oh my goodness! Um, too many, but. Um, I'm going to tell a story right now that's coming to mind because it's it has everything in the about from miscarriage to getting pregnant again to to the birth and um, had a woman that came to me. Um, she had already I had been her doula for her first um, oh two stories out of this one out of um, her first son who was now about three and a half or four maybe closer to four and she came to me right away like you know the minute she found out she was pregnant and um and when she would this she didn't tell me to later um she would go in to visit the baby which is one of the exercises to connect and she couldn't see the baby and what happened is about the eighth or sixth week, she found out that the heartbeat had stopped and she called me weeping, crying. She's a lawyer. And uh, I said, okay, if you have time, come and see me in the office. And um, we, I had never had to talk to her about talking to souls who have miscarried because she had had a simple sort of vanilla birth. And I said to her, you know, we have an exercise and some people end up um, 
reaching this, do you want to talk to the soul who's left? And uh, with a little bit of skepticism, she says, yes. And I, we start the exercise. And all of a sudden, big, big smile. She says, Claudia, Claudia, I can feel her. I can feel her. It's a she, and she's right here. She's right here. And um, so one of the questions I have the mothers ask is, if this soul is planning to come back again? And sometimes the answer is yes, sometimes it's no. And this one said she says, yes, yes, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. Okay. Um, so we, we um, because she'd had a DNC, it's something she'd had to be cleaned out. We did an exercise to clean the womb with beautiful sunlight. It, it was an exercise. And she would finish the exercise when she finishes, she says, Claudia, I'm I'm seeing cherry blossoms. I, I don't... I go, okay. And I also don't necessarily know what something means. You partly have to f- check if it feels all right. So I go, well, um, does it feel okay? Because we couldn't, no matter how much light she shine, she would scrub, it was still there. And I said, well, does it feel okay? She says, yeah, it feels okay. I go, okay, well, cherry blossoms are pretty. Let's leave them there. Um, I'm going to fast forward, and I'll tell you the more what the baby said while she was, uh, before she came in. Um, Happened to be that this woman got pregnant, but we didn't realize it till after the baby was born when the cherry blossoms were in bloom. So it took her a long time. We'd already been told, really, when the pregnancy was going to happen, but we didn't get it. We didn't understand. So the baby took a while. And so she, my client, would go crazy. She'd come home and she says, it's not happening. It's never going to happen. I put her on the uh, massage table because that's, if someone comes to me, I also give them body work. And I have her connect with a soul. And the soul would say, I'm here, Mommy. I'm right here. You've got to be patient, Mommy. And um, one time, the mother was crying, and the baby said to her, Mommy, use your tears to wash your doubts away. And so... um, I find that the babies have um, sort of incredible wisdom. It's almost like they're the ones that are mothering. But And she mm-hmm. would tell her later on, Mommy, it's good for you to really want something and pray. Pray. This will be good for you. So the, the, that soul kind of um, gave her advice throughout. But, okay. This is an interesting story about how especially a mother's dream field and her child's um, intermix. Uh, To feel good, this woman started to visualize her baby. She would see a little girl with long hair and she was braiding it. That was the image that 
would comfort her whenever she would start to freak out that it wasn't going to happen. And during all this, her four-year-old, um, she, well, she tells me one day, my parents and my husband are freaking out because my son wants to wear dresses and grow his hair long. And I go, well, what do you think it means? He says, I think it might just be his predilection. It's just that my parents are Russian and my husband is there freaking out. But something clicked. I go, oh, my goodness, isn't that the same image? I, I mean, it just hit me that it was very close to the image of what she would imagine. And so I said to her, isn't that, but don't you comb a little girl's long hair? Isn't that how how you keep yourself sane? She said, yeah. So we talked to the soul of her son. It's very easy just ask for it to appear. Really, it's that simple. And we asked him why he... And he'd already been born. This, this is the point. older boy. This was the four-year-old. Okay. This is the four-year-old. The little girl, she wasn't even conceived yet. Uh -huh. She would just imagine her. Or maybe she... She would just, because she knew the little girl was there, and she got the image of a girl with long hair braiding it. So that's what the mother is doing in her imagination mm -hmm. a lot. The four-year-old starts to wear dresses, freaking at least the his grandparents and father out. <laughs> and then um, when she tells me the story, we decide to talk to the higher self of the little boy who's four. Mm -hmm. And we ask him why he wants to wear dresses. And his answer was, because girls are loved more. And so, you know, it was a big realization. So she ended up both in imagery, I mean, telling him, no, 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 I love you. It's just, I'm trying to have... A little girl. I don't know what she told him, but also in person really told him more about mm -hmm. how she loved him. And he immediately stopped wearing dresses. So there's um, uh, an intertwining here. You know, he mm -hmm. could definitely, in some part of his being, uh, see her image and feel like he, she loved girls more. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I, there's too many stories I could tell that I won't because they'll be in my book about um, interconnections between a soul coming in who was maybe aborted by somebody a parent in the family. The, the interconnections of the souls is pretty mind-blowing. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I feel like who knew? Oh my God, you know. Um, but I won't tell the very juicy ones because they're in the book, and I want them to be a surprise. <laughs> um, Can everyone actually connect with the soul of their baby if they've never had okay. this sort of experience yeah. before? Like I know people who, who are very 
rational minded who yes. would be like, no, 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 I haven't gotten up to the point of connecting with my baby uh, uh, in you. that way yet. Thank you very so, much. That's a yeah. really a great question. People will connect at different levels, but almost all moms, when they go in with their imagination, with their eyes, and to look at the baby, many of them who've never had any of that type of experience are moved. Some people will not allow a connection as much as others. And for that, I just say, that's okay. Just tell him you love him. Tell him how much he's growing. Don't worry whether you can see or hear. You're going to have to take my belief that the baby's actually listening. You don't, it's all right at whatever level they connect. But what is, I find that I developed, it's not really a trick, but it happened, um, I was once once did it by inspiration, and it usually it works at getting the parents to connect with the children. It's it's um we have an exercise where you go into a garden, you you create the garden, or you it, it's both to calm down, to connect with nature, and later it becomes the place where you will have the baby. So I like it to be very alive. So usually I have the parents connect with the baby going into the womb. They won't hear the baby say anything, but they'll tell the baby whatever they want to tell the baby in their mind. They don't say it out loud. Then I take them to the garden. They see a garden. They, um, I tell them if they like it to leave it, but they can put in anything else. This is going to be a place where they can come in and... Um, and rest. And then after they've rested, I have them go in and talk to the baby again. And I ask them to ask the baby if there is anything else they want in the garden, if there is something they want. And it's been a shocking exercise. Not every baby, but so many will say, I want a blanket. I've heard pebbles, blanket, water, orange fish, orange flowers. I want my grandma in there. I mean, it, it, it's the gamut, and it shocks the mother. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? Who, who's talking to me? And when that starts to happen more and more, this is an important point. The more I understand that there is a baby there, a soul who wants to communicate, the more they'll communicate. I'm just talking for me. So, But for everyone, the more you, you become a little open. You don't have to be wide open. You don't have to jump into a belief that seems preposterous to you. And often I'll do it through stories of what I've heard babies say or so that you open up the door that maybe that baby is actually wanting to communicate with you is already a full soul has chosen to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the more the baby will communicate. 
It, not true. I shouldn't say that. Some babies aren't very communicative. <laughs> they won't be either when they grow up. You know, <laughs> they'll they'll tell you a word. I mean, and I had one um, um, one woman early on who really could hear her baby. I was so thrilled. I couldn't wait for her to come. She would see me once a week. I couldn't wait to hear what the baby had said because most people would see an image. They get the feeling of what the baby said or there'll be like a a one-word answer but almost not really out loud. This woman could hear her baby. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I literally remember being so excited. I've had only five or six. I mean, I've done 200. I've been with over 285 women. So only... A handful can really hear their babies, but mm. others, the baby will communicate through an image or simpler words. This baby was talkative and mm. they would um, walk uh, to the subway. She lived in Brooklyn and they would pass a um, a little front yard that had a pond and it had fishes little goldfish. And so I would say, so what did she say? Well, we talk about the goldfish. We talk about how pretty they are. I mean, I was, okay. Oh, wow. That's a lot of, that that is a lot of conversations that you have with the real baby. Okay. So, oof. Ah, okay. Um, she had had a miscarriage before this, and then this, how did it work? All right. One day, she's hungry, so she gets off a stop ahead of her regular stop because she knows there is a Thai shop or a bit. she wants to go get some soup. And she is starting to feel, all oh, this is stupid. She's just imagining it. This can't be real. How could she possibly be communicating with a baby? This is crazy. All right. She goes and she goes to um, the store and she um, she gets the menu or the takeout menu. She opens the menu and there's a message in kid scrawling. It said, I love you, mommy. Okay. Now, obviously, that wasn't not her baby. Right. talking but she flipped out and went to the baby I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry baby I'm so sorry and then she realized that it was the anniversary of her miscarriage she didn't know but her body knew she was feeling bad and so um, so anyway she, she had her I mean that that baby later, she the baby turned breech, would not turn. She was getting furious at the baby. Why wouldn't she turn? She tried imagery. She tried acupuncture. And then one day, um, when she was sitting relaxing, the baby said to her, I don't want to come out like little fishies. I don't want to come out that way. And so she relaxed and had her C-section. And during her C-section, she imagined being in the garden 
with all the people that loved her and all the instruments and light and baby came out fine and latched on the breast right away and way later I wrote up her story to be in my website and she said to me Claudia she talks as much out of the womb as she does in as she did inside mm -hmm. so there will be that variation. Some kids are pretty talkative and some aren't, as wow. well as some mothers are open to it and some can't let, no, 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 that can't be real. That can't be real. Wow. That's a beautiful, beautiful story on so many levels. Yeah. It's like their personality is the same as they come through. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. How can people get in touch with you or learn more about your work? All right. Um, I have two websites, and both of them will um, will also have my emails. So the easiest is ClaudiaRaken.com, and Raken is R-A-I-K-E-N. That will also actually connect you to the other website, which is called thebirthstudio.com. And all of this work, um, there's a book called um, Dream Birth by Catherine Shainberg. Um, it will also have pictures of the f initial seven that studied with her. So my picture and actually maybe two exercises that I wrote will be there. Um, and where all this comes from the school of images.com, which is Catherine Chambers' website. And I think that would be, but my websites is the easiest way to reach me. Great. I, I love all this talk about images because the, the one image that helped me get through my many, many, many hours of labor was really focused on me my husband, my dog, Ralph, and our baby, Jonathan, just all snuggled on a couch. Perfect. And whenever Perfect. things got rough, I would focus on that and just Perfect. feel this like, being at home. Perfect. And that's re still to this day one of the most uh, coziest, amazing feelings that we have when we do get to snuggle on the couch together. Super yeah. simple, but it, you know, it got me through so much. Are you much. kidding? It's <laughs> yummy. It's not, I mean, the super simple because you felt it on, with every one of your senses. Mm -hmm. And those are the, we call it imagery, but that's um, the most transformative. And sometimes you'll get that coming from your inside and it changes you. Wow. You know, even this woman saw her little girl, and she looks just like she saw her. Yeah, the one with exactly like I she saw her. I had one of those her. moments too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah well. they're cool. It's like, wow, how do I know that? I think okay. it's the the power of intuition. Yes, and the power of these beautiful souls that that just have so much to say to us if if we listen and there are so many opportunities to listen as as you've kind of opened up for us absolutely and the dream birth imagery gives you like such a great tool to talk to your baby but also to talk to your body mm -hmm. make it pliable stretchy 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 you drink sunlight oil and you don't tear all sorts of other things that are very useful <laughs> for birth 
but um yeah amazing claudia thank you so much for being here for sharing your story with us your story of healing and all the amazing work that you've been doing with the people you work with thank you thank you so much for having me and letting me blab about this because i love blab i could blab like that little girl forever (laughs) okay (laughs) and we'll continue the blabbing about imagery after this um and for you think of what image you want to hold in your mind and feel it with every sense that you have whether it's you know feeling the couch on your hands the textures what you smell um, what you taste what you see use all of those senses and create an image that will put you in the direction that you want to be in i'm julie chan and until next time be on the lookout for all possibilities Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.